0: Hi, I'm Darren Pepper. welcome to the Leaning into Leadership Podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Teachers are not superheroes. An unpopular opinion, no doubt. Teachers are heroes, but they're human heroes. These are the words in the TEDx talk from Jen Rafferty, who is my guest on the show today. Let me tell you about Jen Rafferty. She's an educator, an author, and an international public speaker who started as a middle school music teacher, where she served for over 15 years in central New York. She's known for bringing her energy, humor, and expertise in her presentations while inspiring educators to stay connected to their why. Jen is a certified emotional intelligence practitioner and is currently pursuing her PhD in educational psychology. She's also the founder of The Empowered Educator, which has reached teachers and school leaders all over the world. Jen is the host of the Take Notes with Jen Rafferty podcast, which is currently rated as one of the top 3% of all podcasts globally. I'm excited to have Jen here on the show today. You'll hear that conversation about teachers not being superheroes but being human heroes and a whole lot more right on the other side of these messages hey leaders let me tell you a story it's the story of my first year as a high school principal i will tell you i was exhausted i was overwhelmed and i lived my life breathing through a snorkel because my head was so far underwater And I didn't think there was a way out. I mean, I was a mess. The 40 feet that it was to move from my assistant principal office down to the principal's office might as well have been a 400-mile trek. I was just absolutely putting in crazy hours. I was trying to do it all. Like, trying to answer everybody's question. Thinking I always had to be the smartest one in the room, and I had to solve everybody's problems. We're talking severe Superman syndrome here, folks. Every day was fire after fire, and all I accomplished was putting out fires. Forget about leading. I was simply trying to survive. Now, after working with a leadership coach, I really was able to get things figured out, get my head from being a firefighter to actually being a leader. But it took work, and I discovered some things that really and that's why I've created Walk in Your Purpose Five Mindsets to Level Up Your Leadership, a free ebook that you can have today at no cost. Just go to walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook to download your free copy. Again, that's walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook. It's time for you to walk in your purpose, to find joy in your job, and to be the leader you always knew that you could be. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. All right. Jen Rafferty, welcome into the Leading Into Leadership podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. How's how's everything going today?
1: Everything's great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just really quick before we dive in, um, just share really quick with my listeners who you are, where you're coming from and what it is, what it is, just a little bit of your background.
1: Sure. So I'm Jen Rafferty. I'm right now in central New York, and I am an educator, author, and TEDx speaker and founder of Empowered Educator, which is a program that specializes in the social and emotional well-being of the adults in schools. And I was a former music teacher. I was in the classroom for about 15 years, teaching mostly middle school, choir, and general music. And I created a modern band program, too, at the high school level, which is now incredible. The the person who's taken over for me is just doing a remarkable job. The kids are writing and producing and performing their own music. And it's pretty fantastic experience. Um, And so, you know, I, I was head of my department for a long time. And during COVID, I was off just like the rest of the world and decided to stay home the following semester to homeschool my own two kids and really dove into the research of mindset and got certified as an emotional intelligence practitioner, started my PhD in educational psychology, and decided, you know, I, I think the impact that I want to make in this world is, is going to be a little bit different than what I was able to do in the classroom. So I started my company, and it's been wonderful working with educators all over the world about tr- truly st- concrete strategies of how they can show up as their best selves. Because if we're not showing up as our best selves, our kids are not able to get the best of us, and while this is an adult-centered program, it's it's really about the kids, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, everything in education should ultimately be about our end user, which is of course our kids. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a handful of things in there. I think I want to unpack a little bit, but let's let, let let's jump back to you know that that point in time when um, you know, Katie, as you were describing it, you know, a I'm, I'm going to stay home with my kids, and then. You know, you, you were telling me just before we hit record about how maybe you started to look at yourself a little bit differently in terms of how can I make an impact on the world a little bit differently? And at the same time, uh, I, I like how you talked about about showing up, but we're going to come back to that. But, you know, how, how can I show up for my kids at the same time? So maybe, maybe just kind of talk real quickly, because I, I think there's a lot of people out there in the educational space who have either, like you and I, exited into entrepreneurship or at least kind of have that kind of bouncing in their head or or have this, hmm, I wonder if or I wonder how they did it. So so maybe go back to that point.
1: Sure. I, I think there are two things that that really drove me in this endeavor, the first one I think is important to talk about is the, my mission. You know, I really had a very clear professional mission throughout my teaching career, um, which is to inspire people to discover their voice. And when I was teaching music, that was quite literal. <laughs> right. Um, and I yeah. would, I, w- I would be teaching these young children, mostly young children, but, but adults too, you know, to, to discover their their singing voice. But in that it was really about finding out who they are and their agency and using their voice and and standing up for themselves and being okay with creating safety around speaking up. And so when when the when COVID happened and everything kind of, you know, blew up, (laughs) I I went back. Good way to to put it. Right. Well, (laughs) purposeful choice of words. I uh, I really thought to myself, okay, so how do I honor my mission and stay true to my mission now that i am no longer in front of my my kids directing choir that i'm no longer, you know, interacting the same way in with my colleagues and my community how do i inspire people to discover their voice and so that was a big part of the transition for me was i was now able to do this in a way that didn't necessarily have anything to do with music, but certainly inspires people to discover who they are, find their power, step into their power, understand they have agency in every moment throughout the day and feel safe using their voice. So that was, I, I think, the first thing. And then the second thing is this identity shift. You know, I, I shared with you before we started the weekend the world shut down, I had, you know, just gotten a divorce or we were in the middle of a divorce. I moved out of my house with my two kids who were five and seven at the time, literally that same weekend. And so everything that I was the day before, well, many things that I was the day before, I wasn't all of a sudden. And um, when I started my Ph.D. that fall, my professor, very first day of class said, you know, introduce yourself and everyone was introducing themselves in relation to their spouse, in relation to their children, or in relation to their job. And while I love being a mom, I didn't want to lead with that. And I literally didn't know what to say. So I remember sitting in front oh, of my yeah. computer, crying like, who am I? <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> and I really was able to use that moment as a, as a catalyst, to create a new identity for myself that aligned with really who I wanted to be and the impact that I wanted to make in this world. And I think those two things, that mission and that identity shift, were incredibly instrumental in in moving me forward in the direction that I'm now.
0: So I'm I'm curious. I I love how you talk there about identity. And you know, you and I were talking before, you know, similar process for me, you know, with with moving from, you know, being being a superintendent into now being an entrepreneur and you know, being somebody who, you know, has has a mission to to cultivate leaders, you know, by by elevating their voices and inspiring positivity. I mean, that that's what our mission is. I wonder about identity not not just for the two of us, but through, through the work you're doing now, it's actually making me think a lot about the, the the people that I work with. You know, what what are you seeing, and and what are some things you're doing to help people with maybe that identity crisis that has been spurned by exactly what you just talked about? I think a lot of us as educators kind of struggle with with who I am, because forever we identified ourselves as. Teacher, principal, superintendent, whatever—that was the lead. Now I don't know that that's where everybody wants to be in terms of their identity, right? So, yes.
1: Yes. T- tell me,
0: tell me what you're seeing there.
1: Oh, this is so juicy. So, you know, I think that the stories that have created our identities, but like, what does it mean to be a teacher? What does it mean to be a principal? What does it mean to be a superintendent? And all of the narratives that go around that, right, um, when, you, when you think of what that means, it's, it's busy, it's selfless, it's constantly giving, it's martyrdom. And what happened in the pandemic was that everyone's worlds just shifted overnight. And there was this opportunity to reflect on what's happening, what's important to me, who do I want to be? And so for some people that shift became a way to reprioritize some things. If you notice right now there's some there's, you know, boundaries and you know family first and taking care right. of my mental health and so there's been this real push for um self-care and i'm going to use that term really lightly i really try to stay away from that term because it's kind of triggering for a lot of people um but (laughs) yeah as as, as a general umbrella just for right now i'm going to call it that okay um or or overall well-being but then on on the flip side people have then been digging in their heels to the old traditional narratives about being a teacher and that has become i think highlighted and um worse because people are saying well we need to work harder needs to be more and there's be more on the plate and more 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 and there's this dichotomy almost of of how we're approaching this and i think the people who are digging themselves in to these old traditional ways has a lot to do with that connection to well what does it mean to be quote a good educator and i think until we do the inner work and change our definition of success and what being a good educator means uh things aren't really going to change.
0: Oh i agree with you 100%. I think there's so much that goes into, you know, that that self identity as an educator and you're right. You know, i mean i i i think back listening to you talk it, it took me back to my time specifically as a principal, and I mean a fourteen-hour workday was a normal workday. Um, I was telling you before we hit record, if if I was going to get a workout in, if I didn't leave the house by five a.m., it wasn't happening that day. It just flat wasn't going to happen, because I knew, you know, the 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 second that you know somebody started coming in the door, I'm on, and I'm not right. off until seven or eight o'clock. Even even if I got home, you know, on the rare occasion I got home by five or five thirty. I was still on. I mean, I was the guy who had, you know, two cell phones going and, and, uh, you know, my wife even telling me at times, um, and I know this puts some strain on us, but, you know, like, you have to shut it down, Darren, you know, you have to be willing to step away. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. And, right. Well, you know, so I, like, like, go ahead. Here's
1: you didn't, you didn't want to. Right. And that's, I think, the difference. You could, but you didn't want to. And it's that, that's, that's that connection to identity piece right there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you've always got to outwork the other person or, you know, I had it in my head that, you know, it was always going to be about the next job. I mean, even though I've, I've said it countless times here on the podcast, but being a high school principal to me is the greatest job I ever had. But even when I was in that role, it was about what's next. You know, it was one, once I had my feet under me, once I was having, you know, some success, um, you know, was was, you know, bringing recognition into the school and to myself and that kind of thing. It was about, oh, what's the next role? What's the next job? What's the next job? And ascending, you know, to to a superintendent level. And then, of course, COVID coming <clears throat> that. <clears throat> Let me write this time down. I got a frog in my throat here.
1: <laughs> That's okay.
0: and even ascending to that superintendent level, it was like, okay, what's next? But then, like you said, you know, here came COVID and very quickly, it was like this big fracture in the priorities and, you know, what really matters and what do I want to do? How how do I want to leave my mark? And a part of that is how do I want to leave my mark with my family, not just putting in 14 to 16 hour days, so, so all of a sudden, I just became the guest and you became the host. I don't know how that happened, but uh.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, you're you're hitting on something that I think is really this. A lot of the underlying stuff is shifting our definition of success, because here you're you're explaining the story, right? Is like you had the thing, but you needed more, and you had this next thing, and then you needed more to feel successful, yeah. right? And and I think for some of us covid shifted not only our priorities but we had to redefine well what does it mean to be successful because at the end of the day and 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 here's a little bit what i talked about on on the ted talk too is you know our kids are watching us and they're watching the people in their lives especially the educators in their lives where they spend most of their day running themselves ragged working in situations that lead to burnout and depletion, and we are just modeling a life that normalizes this for them. And so when we step back for a second and realize, well, what's really important to me? What's, what's really important to me? And then shift the way we structure our days, that's when things are going to start to change. And that change doesn't happen overnight. That change happens with each person individually doing a lot of this introspective work Within community,
0: that is so powerful. Uh, You know, it it took me one step further into into my own thinking, and then I want to kick this forward into the work that you're that you're doing. But I would, when when a break came around—spring break, Christmas break, whatever the case may be—I would get sick, and. I think it was. I, I would even say, you know, and, and I would I would act as if I was joking about it, but I don't think it really was. That like, okay, this is a convenient time now for me to get sick because I, I don't have time to get sick any other time of the year, and so yeah, I, actually, I got. Uh, I came down with a, a little bit of a cold a couple of weeks ago, and and my wife said something like, you know, isn't it nice you get sick whenever you want now? You know, you don't you don't <laughs> have to wait for you know Thanksgiving break or or whatever the case may be. So so how do you go go ahead? And then I want to ask yeah, you another but question.
1: That, but that is a narrative too. That is so dangerous, right? You know, and and um, I know you had mentioned that we were going to talk about this later, but you know the I, I say in the, in the TED talk. You know teachers are not superheroes and this is exactly what i'm talking about is because when you use that narrative we get compared to these indestructible and immortal creatures they're not human they're they have no regard for their own well-being they don't get sick they don't need to recharge they don't need a break they don't need anything and so when we really own that narrative of being a superhero it doesn't matter how many hours we work it doesn't matter that we are not feeling well but going into work anyway it doesn't matter that our home life might be a mess because we're constantly at work even when we're at home we're thinking about work because we're because we're indestructible it doesn't matter and that narrative alone I think is incredibly dangerous which by the way I fed into myself when I wrote my book in 2019, the second line, the second sentence in my book is, teachers are superheroes. <laughs> and oh, you know, yeah. is when I reflected on why did I write that? Oh, well, I, I wrote that because at the time I needed to believe that narrative to justify all of the chaos in my life. If I wasn't a superhero, then I would really have to start asking myself some very difficult questions and making some very difficult decisions, both at work and at home. And so, you know, once you get rid of that narrative, that's when things start to change regarding your priorities.
0: You know, it's interesting, I've used the superhero narrative Speaking with you know speaking at schools and speaking at conferences, and where I really go with it is about the origin story you know I mean every superhero has an origin story, well, so does every teacher you know how they how they got into education, and there's value there, but you're right beating beating ourselves up with and continuing to try to measure ourselves up against the superhero narrative has to stop um and i I think it's you know it's definitely time for me to let the superhero narrative go um done a wonderful job of of psychoanalyzing me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. We will return to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast in just a moment. But First, let me ask you a question. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I should write a book? Well, if you have, then let me ask you another question. What's holding you back? What keeps you from taking the step that moves you from, I have an idea about a book, to I am a published author. From experience, I would bet it's probably, you're wondering who would even wanna read a book that I wrote? Maybe you're questioning the idea. Is it unique enough? Is it valid enough? Is it good enough to be a book worthy of having published? Hey, as a best-selling author myself, I can tell you most writers have had the exact same feelings at some point in time during their writing journey. Here at Road to Awesome, We believe in cultivating leaders by elevating voices and promoting positivity. And a part of that work is publishing books for educators by educators. Go to roadtoawesome.net and hit the contact us button to set up a free, no obligation conversation about your book idea. Hey, educators, we've all had incredible experiences. We all have amazing stories and every one of them deserves to be told. Go to roadtoawesome.net, hit the contact us button. Let's have that conversation about your book idea. And now, back to the Leaning into Leadership podcast. Let's talk about the work now that you do with, with schools. And, uh, you know, you, you work with teachers, you work with school leaders. How are you helping them reframe that narrative? How are you helping them? find that balance and to be an empowered educator?
1: Yeah, so what I do is I take them through the eight tenets of my program of what it means to be an empowered educator. So we start off right away with stress because it doesn't matter what I'm going to share and teach if your brain is activated because of all the stress that you've been under. So that's the first thing we do. We We let it all out. <laughs> And we talk about ways to regulate our nervous system. So you feel safe. And when I talk about safe and talk about nervous system safety, so that way you're open to learning any, anything. I think that's part of the reason why, especially now people go to these professional developments and they're sitting there with their arms crossed, like, oh, this is the biggest waste of time. It really doesn't matter what the content is. It's if you're coming into that session activated your brain is literally not ready to learn anything of course you're sitting there thinking it's a big waste of time because your nervous system isn't safe you're feeling as if there's a bear in the room trying you you can't do anything if you're being chased by a bear and so you know and and i want to be clear you know when i'm talking about your nervous system being unsafe it's about that fight flight or freeze response that you know is just a natural stress response that we don't give enough credit to that part alone can make a huge difference in changing the culture of, of any space and you being ready to interact with not just your kids but your colleagues so that's the first thing we do and then we really go into mission and vision visualize like, like what do you want you know i mean many people don't even know how to answer that question because as teachers right we are givers so we're not supposed to want anything (laughs) so we spend a long time really thinking like well what do you actually want and once we get there that's really the beacon and alignment to everything else that we do in in this work it's how does it align with the person who you want to be so then we dive into metacognition i love nerding out about cognitive neuroscience i think that if you understand this thing in between your ears, and we really understand how to have a working relationship with our brain, you can do anything. And we spend a lot of time there. Um, And then we go on to reflection and advocacy and language, well-being, and then the last piece of it is emotional intelligence, which really wraps it up nicely. Um, But once people go through the, the framework or even pieces of the framework, it's remarkable how quickly things start to change because they understand their agency.
0: So what does it take So, so, so let's say you're going to work with, with an entire school. So, so I'm a principal, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, man, I really want Jen to work with my staff. What are some of the, the things that maybe you might tell that, you know, tell that leader or that leadership team, look for this to be successful, here are some things that are kind of non-negotiable or that, you know, maybe some mindsets that as a leadership group that you have to carry in order for this to be successful
1: so what's been really interesting is that i found that this works best when it's coming from the teachers and the administrators because a top-down initiative you really have to work to get buy-in from your staff right you're coming in there being like this is the new thing we're doing and they're sitting there like oh not another thing as soon as this person right. leaves we're done with this thing here right so um so that that doesn't work by itself and then what what i'm finding is when the teachers really get into this, when they come ready to learn, they um, they are able then to work with the administration and understand that there are certain non-negotiables. For example, nervous system safety is number one. Like, I want to be in a world where if I'm like, hey, Darren, I'm going to be two minutes late to that meeting because I need to just calm my nervous system down. And you're like, cool, Jen, see you in a bit, take your time. And that's a, just a normal conversation that we have. That's the place that we want to be. Because when we are interacting, feeling activated, we are not showing up as our best selves. We're just trying to survive. And when we start to realize that we can only function in a way that matters, that ha- that can make the impact that we say that we want to make in this world, when. Our nervous systems are happy (laughs) um no change is going to happen i mean you know what this is like you know you have a a meeting you know or or you do the whole email can you see me before the end of the day right so the teacher has been worried about this all day comes in at three o'clock sweating (laughs) you know shaking um nervous you know how is this meeting going to go you know, it's, it, it is not set up for success because, you know, the person who wrote the email is probably super distracted, didn't even think about how this was going to land. And then the person who's been right. receiving this email has been worried about this all day. And now all of a sudden you have two activated people trying to have a very serious conversation. This is not going to be as productive as it, as it probably was intended to be. Um, so that's, I think, the first non-negotiable is, is understanding the importance, the very basic nervous system regulation process which is so simple but overlooked because it's we can't there's no metric you can't put numbers to it
0: right yeah i think well what that makes me think about is you know i talk about it all the time with with leaders about how we have to be real intentional with what we do and how we also have to be real cognizant of the messages that we send intentionally and unintentionally and, and something like what you just talked about, you know, you just send a quick email, you know, Hey, see me, you know, see me at the end of the day. It might be, Hey, I'm wondering if your daughter could babysit for me this weekend, you know, but, but you're right on the opposite end, that receiver, you know, especially when, and, and there's not a right way to say this. I'll just say it, but your best teachers are the ones who get that email. They're the ones who freak out the most. They're like, Oh my God, what did I do? Am I going to get fired? I going to Seriously, so leaders, let me let me take what Jen just said and and just spin it forward one little step. Think about what you're doing. Think about how you're communicating, because sometimes, man, we we send a message to to somebody and it could be received totally in a way that we didn't have. As our intention, so I really like that that you talk about that being being one of those non-negotiables. But but also you know you you talked about you know top down bottom up that this is something that needs to come from everyone. Um, how if, if you know you're speaking to some leaders here, how how do they go about finding that? You know, that that groundswell within the staff, because sometimes, you know, maybe maybe it's you know, maybe it's teachers who are listening right now and they're like, yes, I'm going to go run into my administrator with this on Monday. I can't wait. But it might also be, you know, hey, as leaders, it's like, God, I really want to take care of my teachers. How do I build that groundswell with them to help them get where they want to be?
1: So I found that the most successful programs come with when i'm I'm able to work with a group of administrators and then i'm able to also work with a group of their teachers but that programming is open because what happens is that you know i have a handful of teachers um with the administrators who are also doing this work and then they tell their friends and they're like oh my gosh i just took this amazing workshop with jen rafferty you have to come to the next one and so it builds you know one of One of the greatest, one of the first times that I did this program, there were seven teachers in the first session. And by the end of it, there were over 50. And what that tells me is that that organic word of mouth is so much more powerful than, again, an administrator saying, hey, we're doing empowered educator this year, you know, and try to get the buy-in. The buy-in happens because people are doing the introspective work and what happens when we do the introspective work we become the change it's it's cliche because it's true you know you want to make change in your organization stop pointing fingers outside of yourself you have to be the change and you know when i say this people are like yeah but jen there are there are serious problems within the organizational structures of schools yes 100 percent. and you know no matter how much deep breathing you're doing we're not changing the organizational structures of schools however in doing this practice and understanding self-awareness and the the importance of self-awareness and self-regulation and then action until we do that we are just reacting we're not actually able to move the needle forward because we're just constantly in that survival reaction mode and we've seen where that leads it doesn't lead to anywhere that is sustainable or healthy or productive. And in doing this introspective work, people understand who am I, what do I want, and where am I going to get there? Um, and the stories about this have just been remarkable. You know, I have teachers telling me, you know, I, I say, you know, what's changed? You know, we are working together a couple of weeks now, what's changed? One teacher from Long Island actually said to me, you know, I was actually looking forward to going to my faculty meeting the other day. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, what?
0: <laughs> um, Ooh, that's a big to, win.
1: You need to explain this a little bit more. I, I don't even understand this. And she's like, well, you know, Jen, I am very clear at what my mission is and what my vision is. And I understood that meetings are just a have to, right? I have to live with them. And I just made a decision that, I needed to find a way for that meeting to align with something that I was already doing. So once I was able to do that, I was able to go on my own terms and it served me. So I was happy to go. And that was just like a mind blow to me because think about how that woman showed up in that meeting. Think about how then that woman went home to her family and how that woman showed up the next day for school. That is how we start to change culture. It's not about putting posters on the wall about empathy and showing the kids a YouTube video about resilience. That's ridiculous. We as the adults need to be doing this work within ourselves, which then ripple down to where the kids are.
0: Oh, and you just stepped right into my my absolute favorite topic, which is culture. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think I mean you absolutely hit it on the head. You know, and 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 in two words. Show up. You know, I ask this all the time, you know, how are you going to show up? You know, because there's so few things that we can control. I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things, and ultimately, that locus of control comes back to us. And one of those most important pieces is I get to choose how I show up every day. I get to choose, like that teacher, how I'm going to show up to that meeting on that given day. I'm going to find a way to say, hey, this is something that aligns with something that I need or that, you know, that's going to benefit me or help me benefit my kids. But I'm going to show up with this mindset. I I think that is just so critical. And you're right. One of the pieces that, that as we talk about this and we talk about School leaders and district leaders wanting to support their staff in finding God, I hate to use the word balance, but but finding that that space of comfort maybe is a better way of saying it in our lives where we're not trying to live the superhero narrative and and we're, you know, we're making sure that we're taking care of all the things we need to take care of, including ourselves. Developing a culture where that conversation can happen is huge where the as as you kind of open that session that that segment with you know, hey, I just need a couple of minutes to get my mind right before before I step into this meeting. you know um I just need a moment to <sighs> bring myself down to a level where I know I could be productive in this meeting and and knowing that you can say that to your to your administrator and be comfortable with that. When when we can build cultures like that, those cultures of trust, those those true cultures of what real collaboration is not not sitting in a room and comparing notes on test scores. Yes, that's collaboration. I'm not saying it isn't, but true collaboration is we really work together and we are accountable to each other and we can support each other. Um, that to me is, is one of those pieces too that you know talking about if if this type of work is going to be successful in our schools. Leaders have got to be intentional about building cultures like that.
1: Yeah, and and in order to do that, you need to be a practitioner of this work. That's the huge. Absolutely. You know, you, you can't just tell everyone, "Hey, guys, <laughs> you need to, you know, manage your nervous systems here, and we're all going to just take a minute and breathe." But that that is that right. is also something that gets.
0: Yeah, every, everybody, pay attention to this training with Jen. I'm going to be in my office right. returning emails. Returning it doesn't email, work. Return-
1: No, it doesn't work. And unless you are actually the model of it, and not as not as a performance. This isn't about performativity. This is about you embodying the work. Because for me, nothing that I teach, I don't I, I I don't do myself. I do everything that I teach myself. That is how I've gotten where I am today is because I do the work every single day and i do also want to talk about something else about showing up because this is also i think a really important piece of culture that that's i don't think is serving our kids is that we say you know show up as the person you want to be yes and when we're pissed off about something we also need the space to be mad about it right this isn't about um because this can easily turn into toxic positivity and emotional and emotional bypass is what it is. Right. Um, because when you are like sitting there stewing about something, um, but then feel the need to show up as your best self. So you put on the happy face, unless you're actually able to process those emotions, you're not doing the work. You're not actually showing up because you might be saying the right things, but what you're feeling on the inside is not aligned. And so we also need to create safe spaces for the adults to process through their emotions in ways that are safe and healthy and productive, especially in this push now for social emotional learning. We're teaching our kids, hey, this is how we recognize emotions. This is, you know, what the definitions are. How are you feeling right now? But like, let's be real about this. You know, my Eight year olds, when she's angry, the whole neighborhood knows, right? The, the whole neighborhood knows yeah. that she's angry. But when you get to a certain age, it is no longer acceptable to do that. However, we are not explicitly taught the skills of how to process emotions like anger and resentment and frustration and overwhelm. So, what do we do? We just whoop, we just push them right down and we carry on because we need to show up as our best self and we get sick. Or our back goes out. If you're me, my back goes out. And and we show up Or burnout. Or burnout. And we show up with resentment or bitterness. And that is not our best self. So within all of this, it is also really important to understand how to model behaviors that can process through these emotions so you can actually show up as your best self. Um, Some of these things, you know, yes, breathing is one of them. I'm a big, big proponent of taking- multiple breathing breaks throughout the day. So you can just kind of check in with yourself and notice like, huh, what am I feeling right now? Because if you are not interrupting your day, nothing will ever change because our brains are wired to be on autopilot. That's how they're efficient. That's how they work. And that's amazing because it's kept us alive and you know, you're know, you hearing this podcast right now. So yay you and your biology. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> when when we wanna make changes we need to actually interrupt our day. So, I actually have in my phone, I set four alarms throughout the day and I just stop what I'm doing. And I take three rounds of a box breath, which is, you know, inhale for four, pause for four, exhale for four, pause for four. I do that three times. And whether I'm like feeling something or not, it's a way to check in like, oh, wow, my shoulders were up to my ears. You know, I. I wasn't actually breathing right then. Like, oh, my stomach was really tight. Like, what was I thinking right there? And it's that moment of awareness that you are actually leveraging neuroplasticity to be able to change the wiring in your brain so you can actually show up differently. Because if you were feeling angry in that moment, you now have an opportunity to do what you want with it. Let that neurocircuitry run through, or you can do something physical, like go for a walk or squeeze a stress ball or punch a pillow, get it out so in the next interaction you're clean and clear and can actually choose to show up how you want to these are some of the things that i really dive into with my work
0: yeah i love that and i'm sure that uh, everybody out there listening was was actually thinking about their breathing when you said that because i did Um, i actually found myself oh yeah let's oh hey look at that my shoulders just came down so yeah that's super important that, that we do that that we're able to really kind of take a look at ourselves and be willing to process emotions, make sure we're breathing. All of that stuff is just so, so super important. Um, I want to get to one other thing really quick before we get to our final question, and that is take notes. So this awesome podcast that you have, that's just absolutely dominating up there on, uh, on the Apple podcasts um, rankings. Tell us just real quick. I mean, uh, what, what would listeners find if they come over to Jen Rafferty's take notes podcast?
1: yeah i love that podcast it's one of my favorite things just like you as a way to connect with people and really highlight and elevate a conversation that i I don't think is is happening in all of these places and i get to really i get to meet really cool people like you so it's it's been a, a really fun adventure but take notes with jen rafferty is really about being an educator it has nothing to do with teaching and teaching practices it's about all of the other stuff and so just this last week i had the privilege of talking with Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, who is my favorite neuroscientist ever. And she talks a lot about the, the neuroscience of, of how to show up as our best self. Um, I have a fashion stylist who's a fashion therapist come on and talks about how the way that we dress really can um, elevate the way that we show up because when our insides match our outsides, we, we dress in confidence, we show up with confidence. I have uh, someone on there talking about leadership, Talking about our why. I have people on there talking about ADHD, being an adult with ADHD and neurodivergent teachers. Uh, we talk about our neurodivergent students, but we don't often talk about our neurodivergent teachers, um, creating safe spaces for the LGBTQ community. And it's just been a wonderful way to look at teaching through a lens of social science, especially, which I also love to nerd out about.
0: <laughs> I love it. Love it. Absolutely. Folks, make sure you check that out. I will link in the po- uh, in the podcast show notes um, how to get to uh, the Taking Notes podcast uh, with Jen Rafferty, as well as linking your TEDx talk. Uh, we'll make sure that that's in there too, so people can check that out, along with all the ways to get in touch with you and that kind of stuff. But now we're at that point in the show where I ask you the same question I ask everybody on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Jen Rafferty, right now, how are you leaning into leadership?
1: The way that I lean into leadership is I do the introspective work myself. Every single thing that I share, I do myself. I am constantly looking at who do I want to be? How is this aligned? How do I want to feel? You know, my definition of success is feeling the way that I want to feel for as many hours of the day as possible. And when I am locked in there, that's how I show up as my best self and whatever that looks like in between the hours that I'm awake, um, looks different every day. And I, I lead into leadership by leaning into myself.
0: Love it. That's fantastic. So uh, one final thing, people want to get in touch with Jen Rafferty. How do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? I will put it all in the show notes. But for those who are much more auditory learners, what do we do if we want to catch up with Jen Rafferty?
1: Sure. It's super easy. Empowerededucator.com is where you can find me. And the most important thing on that website really is to just book a call with me so I could learn more about you and what you are visioning for your professional development and where you are right now. Um, And my email is jen at empowerededucator.com.
0: Outstanding. Jen Rafferty, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Have a road to awesome day, my friend.
1: You too. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, had an excellent, excellent conversation with Jen Rafferty. Again, a big thank you to her for coming on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And I love how she talked about inspiring people to find their voice and that that's the work that she wants to and is doing. i honored to be connected with Jen Rafferty. And again, appreciate her being on the show. And now it's time for a pep talk. You know, I talked about it in the episode a little bit, but I know that I have been guilty of referring to teachers as superheroes for a very long time. And until I had the opportunity to talk with Jen Rafferty and hear more of the difference between the superhero and the human hero, um, it it really hadn't hit me. But I think I, I do need to move away from that particular narrative and start to focus on, as Jen says, that teachers are human heroes and that humans have to take care of themselves Educators, you got to be willing. I mean, here we are in early January and you're probably setting new goals for the year and you're coming up with whether it's a one word or the four word mantra or maybe, you know, some type of resolution. Let's make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Let's make sure that you continue to focus on filling your own cup mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, so that you can go out and do the work that you want to do and continue to make an impact on the lives of so many kids each and every day. I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate all of you for listening. Thank you for making the Leaning Into Leadership podcast one of the fastest growing podcasts in America. I appreciate you. Get out there. Have a Road to Awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe give a review and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.